Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello there and welcome to this Royal Rumble preview edition of the uh, Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I'm your host, Andy Wills, joined as ever by my audio tag team partner, Mo Chatra, and Mo, plenty of talk, uh, plenty to talk about tonight even, because this weekend we start the road to WrestleMania. Big weekend. Absolutely it is. It's um, one of the most favourite weekends in the calendar for wrestling fans um, as we uh, look forward to the Royal Rumble. And as you say, so begins the road to WrestleMania. Obviously, uh, the winner of the Rumble will go on to face um, either the Universal Champion or the World Champion at WrestleMania, most likely. And uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more fallout from the show, which will uh, set things up nicely for the next three months. So uh, big, big weekend coming up. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think it's going to be a huge weekend of action. Uh, big undercard, the Royal Rumble itself. I mean, we we spoke last week about nostalgia. We're going trip back in over the years, trip back into uh, down memory lane, uh, looking back of uh, some Royal Rumbles of past. Uh, but tonight we are going to be looking ahead to this weekend's Royal Rumble, like I said, and some of the undercard. But we will start with the NXT takeover in Antonio. Be, uh, sorry, San Antonio, I should say, because this is all part of the weekend. Now, it's become kind of a tradition now that NXT is part of the Big Four weekend. Uh, and this week, this weekend is no different. And more, I've got to say, I'm not so excited by this takeover. Um, the card not looking as strong as previous ones. No, it isn't. Um, in fact, this might be my least favorite takeover lineup on paper. It doesn't certainly look as exciting as the uh, some of the shows we had last year. I mean, you know, most of the NXT shows, possibly all of them um, from last year, the TakeOver events were excellent and um, pretty much all of them overshadowed the uh, bigger events that took place the next night uh, from the main bra- uh, brand or brands. So, um, you know, they, they really set a very, very high standard. And um, I mean, I'm sure that the show this weekend will still be uh, very good, but um, certainly lineup wise, comparing it to the ones we had last year, a disappointment, relatively speaking. But um, nonetheless, I mean, when it comes to these takeovers, um, NXT 
and its roster certainly do deliver. And uh, I think it will still overall, as I said earlier, be a good show. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously match quality wise, I expect it to be good and on the whole. But yeah, the, the excitement level isn't quite the same as others. And I certainly don't expect it to overshadow the WWE event this weekend. Um, I mean, just, just working our way through the card here. Uh, first one out, Roderick Strong versus uh, Andrade Cien Almas. This will be a good match, I would expect. I, you know I mean? On that side of it, I do expect it to be aesthetically a good match to watch. It just, it doesn't excite me. No, I mean, you know, Andrade Amas came into the company um, with, um, you know, pretty high reputation coming from Mexico. And, um, you know, certainly in the ring, he's not really delivered the kind of performances that he did as La Sombra um, down south of the border, um, as they say in the United States. And, um now, he has been one of the more disappointing recruits to NXT um, in the last year, 18 months. Um, Roderick Strong has been one of the top 10 independent talents in the United States for um, over a decade now. He's a fantastic wrestler, but um, he's another one who has come into the company and not really set the world on fire. So um, both of these guys have got something to prove. And, um, you know, of the two, I'd expect. Roderick Strong to certainly feel that he's got a real point to prove because he's seen some of his um, former uh, colleagues from Ring of Honor in years past come into the WWE before him, the likes of Seth Rollins, for example, and uh, go on to enjoy fantastic success. And he's had to bide his time to get into um, the WWE. But no, I mean, the build-up to this match has not really been anything special. The angle hasn't been exciting by any means. Um, I think the match itself will be pretty good. Um, I think Strong will have his working boots on and, as I say, uh, will want to make a good impression after having a bit of a subdued start. Um, but it, it won't necessarily be a, an outstanding match because our mass, for whatever reason, hasn't really taken to... Um, the WWE style in the way that perhaps the company hoped. Um, so for that reason, I think it will be a, a good match, not a great match. Um, and I think that strong will emerge victorious from this one. Yeah. And I think we can pretty much say the same for uh, Eric Young against Ty Dillinger. Uh, another one where the buildup has been kind of thrown together last minute. Um, both guys it's kind of, Mixed fortunes, so to speak. I mean, I think Ty Dillon just kind of really sort of caught on with the crowd, but perhaps not really, not quite find his niche yet uh, as a character, so to speak. But this is another one that, that could be a good, solid match to watch. Well, that's right. I mean, Eric Young is a seasoned pro, spent many, many years in uh, TNA and um, at various points um, was a really good wrestler in that company. But um he then became more of a comedy performer in that promotion and um, certainly in the last two or three years really was almost a non-entity in the company. Um, Ty Dillinger's become somewhat of a cult favourite. Um, the whole 10 gimmick has really caught on and I think that um, in San Antonio, um, you know, it will get a great reaction just for that alone. Um, but as a match, um, again, I'm not expecting um, fantastic things out of it. Um, 
And I do expect that um, Dillinger will emerge victorious. I think that the company realised that, you know, Dillinger does have a good, strong cult following. And I don't think they want to necessarily um, give up on that just yet. Uh, whereas Eric Young is there just to make up the numbers. I don't think they've got any big plans for him um, to necessarily go into the uh, main roster anytime soon. I think he's more there in NXT to help the uh, younger up-and-comers who do come into the company, um, you know, to develop the ring ring. Um, and, and Young, I think, can play a good role in that regard. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it won't be a particularly exciting match. Um, but Dillinger, I think, will be the one to uh, see his hand raised in victory. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there, and and I, and I agree as well. I think uh, Eric Young been been using NXT to kind of facilitate the the people coming through and just to help polish them up a little bit as it you know as a season pro. I think it certainly makes sense for NXT. Now, as for the women's uh, championship, uh, Asuka versus Nikki Cross versus Billy Kay versus Peyton Royce. Um, I don't have any particular high hopes for this in terms of match quality because I think there's a there's a real mix of uh, ability in there, and I think it could get a bit messy at times. But I must admit, I'm kind of intrigued to see how Asuka and Nikki Cross work together because uh, from for the bits that I have seen of Nikki Cross before, um, she looked pretty good. So what says you on this one more? That's right. I mean, it's a fatal four-way match. And, um, you know, we all know how good Asuka is, um, arguably the best uh, pure wrestler in the whole uh, WWE in terms of the female talent. And um, you know, Nikki Cross um, is somebody who comes into the company with um, you know, good experience from the independent scene, um, whereas Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, certainly far less experienced and um, you know, can certainly be described as green as well. Um, you know, the female division in NXT has certainly suffered significantly um, due to pretty much its entire roster being moved over to the um, main brands uh, of Raw and SmackDown in the last year to 18 months. So, you know, they're really into a transitional rebuilding phase and having to almost create this whole new roster of female talents um, and uh, develop them and bring them up. So, um, you know, we certainly can't expect this match to deliver the kind of match quality that we've seen the uh, female division develop, uh, sorry, uh, deliver in the last couple of years. Um, but um, with Asker in the ring, um, it should certainly have a few highlights. But um, again, it, it's not something that I, I expect to be um, a particularly outstanding match. In fact, even if it's something that by the end of it, I call a good match. I think that will still be a success. I mean, it has the potential to actually be quite poor, given, um, as I say, we've got a couple of um, green talents um, in the ring. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I think Ask will retain the title. I don't see any other three ready to have that title just yet. So um, Ask should retain. Do you, do you not think that more that perhaps... It's being made as a four-way in, in a kind of way to protect Asuka from directly taking a loss, but Nikki Cross perhaps been in, uh, pinning one of uh, Peyton Royce or Billy Kay to take the title. Do you think maybe that's that's why they've put this together as a four-way? Well, that is possible. Um, 
you know that might be one of the reasons um, for doing that because they may have intentions of moving Asker into the main roster. I mean, certainly she's more than good enough. Um, as I say, arguably the best in-ring talent in terms of the female uh, workers in the company. But um, you know, if they were to lose her, then the female division already depleted would be um, at a very low ebb. And um, you know, they, they are bringing other female talents from the independent scene through. Um, they've signed up um, a couple of good independent wrestlers in recent months, likes of um, Nixon Newell from the UK, who, who's very good. But um, you know, Ask really is um, by far the preeminent star of the female division on NXT. And um, the only reason I think that they decide to drop the title and give it on to someone else is if they had plans to move Asuka to the main brands. And uh, I just don't see that happening at this stage. I think um, after WrestleMania, they might look to move in that that direction. Um, And by that time, um, as I say, they'll have um, a couple of more uh, female wrestlers in um, onto NXT who can perhaps um, fill that gap in terms of capable in-ring workers um, but her aside um, they're certainly devoid of that um, in terms of those that are on TV at the moment in time so for that reason I think that Asuka will retain Okay on to the, the tag team titles, uh, it's DIY against the authors of Painful to Watch now uh, authors of Pain, as to give them their proper title, their official title, I should say, um, not not too great in the ring. They uh, they have improved, I'll admit that, uh, but they still still very big, stiff, bulky, um, tend to be hurting people. It looks like in a way that you're not actually meant to. Um, this for me is kind of your classic babyface situation for DIY. You know, they they the you know the babyface champions, the look in peril against these big unstoppable monsters. But I've got a feeling somehow, you know, the DIY will come out of this uh, victorious and keeping them titles. Um, Did you see it that way more? Um, I've got a feeling that there will be a a title change in this one. Um, I think the authors of pain will win the titles, which would be a shame because I think DIY are a fantastic tag team. Um, You know, they've been teaming for years, in fact, um, on the independent scene and obviously in the last year or so have come into NXT and um, done really well and have got over to you know fantastic extent um, as this pairing and um, you know, Champa and Gargano um, are a very, very talented um, couple of individuals, but they've got their work cut out in trying to get a good match out of the authors of pain. And again, you know, this is part of the reason why I'm not exactly um, you know, salivating about the prospect of, uh, you know, um, this show as a whole, because um, this is yet another match which um, features you know, some outstanding talent alongside others that are, you know, um, certainly uh, at the bottom point of their um, learning curve. And um, you know, Ackham and Reza, you know, have a lot of potential because of their size and their look, but, um, you know, they're still a long way off being the finished article. So, Again, if DIY managed to get a good match out of the Authors of Pain, it would have been a success. But um, the way that the Authors of Pain have been booked, I just don't see them deciding to have them lose um, to DIY just yet. So I've got a feeling that 
they want to set up a big tag team title match for WrestleMania in terms of the NXT takeover at that weekend. And what better way than for DIY to uh, regain their titles off the authors of pain. So that's why I'm predicting um, a title change. And that's why I think the authors of pain will become the NXT tag team champions. Interesting. Interesting. I like your theory. Uh, and that just leaves us with the main event, a match that I am looking forward to. This this one I certainly am looking forward to. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defending the NXT Championship against the glorious Bobby Roode. Uh, and I'm all, like I say, I am particularly looking forward to this. Uh, I kind of, in a way, I can't. I would say yes, Roode will win it. But then, with being so many title changes recently, I. It seems difficult to imagine them uh, flopping the title, uh, you know, flipping the title over again. Um, do, you, do you think we can see a title change here? Uh, the short answer is no. <laughs> I think that um, Nakamura will retain. I agree with you. Um, you know, they've had several title changes in the last several months, which is unlike um, them to do that with the NXT t- um, title. Um, I don't think they're ready to move Nakamura to the main roster just yet. I've got a feeling that, um, I mean, it's always something we'll come on to, but um, just to print what I was going to say later on, I think Samoa Joe will be debuting the Royal Rumble. Um, so I don't see him uh, being involved um, in terms of the title picture on NXT. Um, and, uh, you know, for that reason, you know, it makes sense for them to keep Nakamura around for a while yet. If they were to lose him too, and um, for him to then move up to the main roster as well, um, then a bit like the women's division, um, the male division in terms of the uh, top title would certainly feel like it's um, lacking the star quality in, um, you know, over um, talents who can contest for that belt. Um, and even, look, I mean, they've still got a lot of fantastic wrestlers on. NXT, um, either those that are on TV or those that are currently not on TV but can come onto TV anytime soon. Um, but you know, Nakamura is fantastically over, isn't he? And um, you know, uh, this you know, you, you, we can't forget the fact that this is Triple H's pet project, and I just don't see him wanting it to be too compromised by losing too many of its better. Uh, more over stars um, or to the main brand or main brand. So um, that's why I think Nakamura would say, um, you know, Bobby Roode's had um, a great start to his WWE career. Thanks in large part to his, you know, entrance theme and those, you know, fantastic um, entrances he's made at takeover shows. And I'm sure that um, his entrance at the uh, takeover this weekend will be fantastic as well. And I'm sure Nakamura's will be superb too. Um, and I think this will comfortably be the match of the night. Um, but no, I, I just don't think they're ready to shift the title yet again when it's been shifted around like a hot potato in recent months. So I agree. I, I think that um, Nakamura has to retain. Yeah, just one thing on this, though, Mo. <laughs> I, for me, you know, Rude is Rude, like you say, Nakamura is hot, but Rude is hot too. Now, I don't think this can be a one and done, and and so, in to my mind, you know, for Nakamura just to win clean, 
kind of puts it in and you know almost puts it that way so i wonder could we see some kind of um a controversial finish in this you know can they find some way of kind of spicing this up to set this up to really sort of build the heat keep it going and this can then run all the way till the uh, the takeover at wrestlemania weekend and perhaps then we can see the title change and that then facilitate the the nakamura move up to the main roster i mean do you think that's a possibility or do you think they'll just go clean win and find some other way of uh, you know to keep this kind of feud going yeah i agree um they have to, I think, because you know it, it just wouldn't make sense for them to build Rude up in this way, have him lose at this takeover on Saturday, and then drop him down on the pecking order immediately. So there has to be some element of um, controversy in this match, and you know that will allow them to continue with this. And I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to stretch this out between the pair right through till um, the takeover at WrestleMania weekend. And um, I'd like to see that because Rude's an exceptional talent. I think he's got a lot to offer. I think at some point later this year, they will move him up to the main roster. I don't think now is the time. Again, you know, for the same reason, I think now is the time not to move Nakamura. Um, it would just be a, a damaging blow to the NXT brand if he were to go this soon. Um, so I think that somebody like Bobby Roode is somebody who can potentially move um, perhaps after SummerSlam uh, with Nakamura perhaps moving perhaps after WrestleMania. Um, but um, certainly these two um, are arguably the two most over talents on NXT. So it makes sense, therefore, to have them continue going back and forth in the way that Nakamura and Joe went back and forth for you know four or five months um, obviously they um, kept that going by having those several title changes and you know there are more ways to keep a few going than just you know switching titles so um, you know controversy would be a good way of keeping it going and um, the beauty of the weekly NXT show is because it's only an hour they don't have to have them wrestle or work an angle every single week you know they can sometimes skip a week or even two weeks before they return to that feud and progress it in terms of storyline advancement. So they can easily keep it going to WrestleMania without it feeling um, like it's um, outstayed its welcome between now and then. Um, so I agree. It's something that needs to lead to more. It can't be a one-off. Yeah, I think we're definitely singing off the same sheet with this one, uh, thinking along the same lines. Uh, and I totally agree with you as well. Is that is the the beauty of NXT is that almost that old school feel that, that the ability to be able to stretch it out. So, yeah, <clears throat> it sounds sounds like it could be a slightly <laughs> underwhelming NXT uh, takeover show compared to some of its predecessors. But I'm sure there'll still be some highlights in there. And um, and I would agree with more. I think we should end the night on a high. So an enjoyable night it should certainly be. But to, to move on from the Saturday to the Sunday, the Royal Rumble, you know, this is the big event. This is what kicks us off uh, all the way to WrestleMania. Now, we spoke last week about the nostalgia, and I did ask yourself and Gags, who was our guest on for that pod, you know, just what the Rumble meant to you, you know, why was it special? And you said you mentioned the power of the Rumble, you know, and it was it is such a significant event 
uh, that it built, you know, what it means, what it builds towards. And but also, I think because it's unique, because it's different and it has these memories. And this year it's the 30th uh, Royal Rumble as well. So, yeah, that little little sense of extra specialness to it. And, and more, I've got to say, I, I really do think this is going to be a really good event. Perhaps, perhaps even WWE's finest event of the year. I think that they might, on paper, it looks like they're going to have to go some in uh, future events to to top this one. Oh, totally. Um, you know, this will set a very high benchmark um, for 2017 in terms of WWE's uh, pay per views or big events, whatever you want to call them now. Um, yeah, the, the lineup looks, um, you know, really exciting. And, um, perhaps um, WWE learning their lesson um, from last year, um, perhaps don't want the NXT shows, which are supposed to be the developmental shows, um, overshadowing and um, outperforming the main roster events. And, um, you know, they've certainly made a big effort with this lineup. And, um, you know, there's several matches here which, if they fulfill their potential, could all be absolutely awesome, possibly even match the air contenders. Well, I mean, just starting with that card, you know, we, we've we've been critical of the Cruiserweight division, you know, 205 Live since it went from CWC in into this, you know, 205 format and, and how it was represented on Raw. But in recent weeks, it certainly has picked up. I think Jack Gallagher... And a few others have really helped, but the arrival or you know, re- reappearance, we should say, of Neville, you know, as this, you know, the self-professed king of the cruiserweights. For me, this has kind of really reignited the whole well, that's division. Right. I mean, really, really has, hasn't it? You know, I'm, I'm, I must admit, yeah, the, the, I'm looking forward to this one. Him and Rich Swan. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, the heel turn for, for Neville has been. Um a breath of fresh air for him and um, giving him some personality, which he was arguably lacking as a face. Um, you know, he was obviously going out there and working quite an exciting style, but um, beyond that, um, he perhaps lacked that personality, that character uh, to really connect with the audience. Whereas I think he's really hit his stride as a heel character and, um, you know, performs it really well with a prom. Um, Rich Swan is a very likable baby face and he's got the whole dance thing going on. Um, so, you know, he, he's certainly over with that. And, um, you know, one of the things I've obviously complained about when it comes to the cruiserweight division is that I don't feel that the WWE quite, um, allows that division to separate itself from the rest of the roster in terms of what should be its unique selling point. And that unique selling point should be um, quick, fast, high-flying um, action, which you know we won't see from the bigger guys. Uh, that's what should set it apart, and uh, we just don't see enough of that. A lot of the cruiserweight matches, whether they're on Raw or Two or Five Live, um, you know, if you close your eyes, well, sorry, if you didn't, close, if you um, were visually impaired or something and you weren't able to tell the difference between if they're smaller guys or bigger guys, um, you know, you think, you know, there might be heavyweight guys working those matches because um, they're no really different to, you know, the bigger guys in terms of the style of those matches. Um, whereas if you watch, um, or if you watched in the old days, WCW cruiserweight matches, you know, they were very quick, high-flying, exciting, and 
that's what helped that division to get over in WCW back in the day. Um, similarly, in more recent times, you've got Lucha Underground with lots of smaller guys uh, working a very quick, fast-paced, exciting style. Um, and that's the kind of style that Neville has you know, excelled at. And, um, you know, that's why I'm glad that he's getting this push within the Cruiserweight division. And I'm really hoping that he, he works a, a very acrobatic, eye-catching type of match with Swan, even though to an extent working that kind of style isn't really something that suits a heel character. But um, I think he's a smart worker and he can build it into his whole repertoire in such a way that he can still uh, maintain that kind of heel side of things. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I think there will be a title change. I think Neville was primed and ready to become the new champion and uh, take the division to new heights. And um, I also think it will be a pretty good match too. I don't think it will be a fantastic or a great match, but uh, I think it will be a good start to the show. Yeah, I mean, you just answered what would have been my next question. That do you expect a title change? Because I know they've moved, the, they've swapped the title around a few times. But myself, just like you, I do expect the title to change hands here, and then probably just keep it on Neville for a while. You know, really sort of set out the division. It's almost like um, a chance to restart. Uh, and and I think I think this could be a really interesting match, an interesting night, and and perhaps you know, the second chance for the cruiserweight division. Well, that's right. I mean, if you think back to the whole, what they then call the Divas Revolution, um, you know, that was a, a real flop. And they decided to press the reset button on that and uh, drop the Divas title, which was a very outdated term. Um, you know, rebranded it as, you know, the women's division. Um, and that was obviously pre-brand split. And, um you know, push Charlotte Flair is this um, great athletic um, talent and, um, you know, push her as a great wrestler in her own right. And, um, you know, that certainly helped the women's division in certainly the latter part of 2016 to um, make, you know, great strides in terms of uh, being perceived as something more than just um, Brian Panty's, you know, time filler, which is what it was seen as for many, many years. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think they're certainly heading in the right direction with that division. And I think by the same token, you're quite right. Um, you know, they need to do the same with the cruiserweight division. It really hasn't caught on in the way it should have. Um, you know, cruiserweights can be and are you know, some of the most exciting wrestlers in the world. Um, but they just have to be, as I said earlier, allowed to accentuate their strengths and unique selling points. And if the WWE allows that, then I think the Cruiserweight division and 205 Live can become a valuable asset for the company. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and that's uh, a nice little comparison there to, to the women's division, uh, which just brings us on nicely to the women's championship uh, for Raw. Uh, and Charlotte Flair defending against Bailey. Now, obviously, a lot's been made of uh, Charlotte's unbeaten streak at uh, pay-per-views. Uh, Mo, I don't know about yourself, but I don't see the title changing here. I think it is too soon. I think in order to really build Bailey in the way that she was built in NXT initially, she kind of needs to lose a few title matches to the point where you don't believe she can do it. And then it is it, it's classic babyface when she does actually do it. So 
Um, do you, are you along the same lines as me here? Do you, do you think that Charlotte keeps her record? Oh, I agree. I think it would make sense for them to, you know, build this up to something really special. Um, you know, they've worked the angle quite well even before they started this um, build up towards this Royal Rumble match between the two. You know, th- this is the sort of thing which I think needs to have that slow build leading up to um, an eventual WrestleMania match where Bailey eventually wins the title. And I think if they can work it in that way, uh, where Bailey perhaps even suffers yet another loss at um, you know the February or March Raw you know, big event, then uh, you know it will just help towards um, you know a fantastic end result of Bailey finally winning the belt and um, beating her rival eventually. So uh, yeah, I think that needs to continue, and therefore dropping the title at this stage and having Bailey win would not really be the right thing to do from a storyline perspective. Absolutely. And they're talking of, you know, finally getting the win and, and the flares and the, the, you know, that makes you think of the, the 16 time world champion, which brings us to John Cena, 15 time world champion, uh, you know, tie in that record. He's up against AJ Styles for the, for the WWE championship. Now, personally, I, if Cena's got to tie that record, it's got to be a huge thing. That, for me, is a WrestleMania moment and should not be on any other event. I, And for that, I don't see the title changing hands here. Yes, I have to agree. Um, you know, I, I talked a few months ago about um, what I think might be a reluctance within certain sections of the top tier, top brass, in the WWE of making John Cena a 16 time WWE or world champion and um, equaling Ric Flair's record in the, in the process, because I think there are certain people and, you know, triple H is one of them who I think genuinely don't rate John Cena as being one of the all time great wrestlers, even though, you know, many will argue that that's a very unfair criticism, but, you know, it was a few years ago that John Cena um, worked a feud leading up, I think, to WrestleMania with Triple H when Triple H dropped in the line about, you're not a very good wrestler. And I think you know, Triple H was um, perhaps speaking from the heart there. I think he really at that time didn't rate him as a, a worker in the way that he sees himself as or certainly how he saw you know, his idol Ric Flair as, you know, as somebody who can go out and have a great match. And now there's, there've always been critics of John Cena. I mean, the magazine I wrote for, for many years, Power Slam, the editor, Finn Martin, um, absolutely detested John Cena as a worker, didn't rate him in the slightest. Um, which again, I, I personally thought was always unfair because, um, you know, certainly John Cena is in his earlier days as a champion, um, had many aspects of his in-ring style, which, were pretty sloppy, um, somewhat green. But in recent years, I think he's really developed himself. Um, certainly not an elegant type of worker and not as slick as some of the you know wrestlers we've seen in the past, the likes of Bret Hart, for example, who technically were far, far better in terms of the way that they worked um, stylistically. But uh, John Cena is exceptional at working a, really exciting match and he's got this 
fantastic back catalogue of matches over the last 10 years, um, which can be you know, favourably compared to most of the top guys the WWE has ever had, you know, even the likes of Brett, even the likes of Shawn Michaels. So um, I think that John Cena deserves to be a 16-time champion at some point, but I'm not sure that the Royal Rumble will be that time. I think that they might just decide that there needs to be a bigger stage for that record equaling success to happen at. And that's why I think they might just decide, let's keep it going until uh, WrestleMania. But then on the flip side, they might have even bigger plans, which is um, for John Cena to eventually break that record. And again, what better for him to break that record than at WrestleMania? So we could easily see a scenario whereby Cena beat Styles at the Rumble at their next um, show in February or March. Um, Styles retains and then they compete uh, yet again at WrestleMania, at which point Cena wins the title for a record breaking 17th time. So that scenario is also a possibility. Um, but I, I do always, I have always sensed that there is a reluctance to make Cena a 16 time champion or even more than that, a 17 and then eventually an 18 time champ. I just think there is that reluctance, which I think is a shame because I mean, Cena's, you know, not even 40 yet. And as far as I'm concerned, he's still got, you know, a number of more years left in him. And, uh, you know, for him not to win the title again would be a travesty in my view. So I really think he has to break the record at some point. And, uh, why not do it this year? And why not maybe at the Rumble? Uh, sorry, at WrestleMania. So if that's the case, let him equal the record at the Rumble. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just I, I just think Styles will retain it because he he has been exceptional. You know, the last nine months he, he's been superb. I mean, the promos he's been cutting with John Cena on SmackDown, he's just been you know off the charts awesome and. Uh, I'd really be disappointed to see him lose a title. So um, for that reason, I go back to my earlier scenario. I think Cena will equal the record at WrestleMania and therefore Cena will not win at the Rumble. Yep, I, th- I think we agree on that. Uh, and I've got to say, on just slight side note, I have never seen anybody as good as Bret Hart in terms of smooth technical ability everything you go back and watch his matches punches kicks everything this the most supreme technician i've ever seen so anyway that's me divulging <laughs> um <laughs> just uh, so the last uh, the last singles match of the night uh, at the rumble is kevin owens defending the uh, the universal championship and they've got the name of that belt uh, against roman reigns um i've got to say more I think Roman Reigns is going to win the belt here and then the crowd are going to crap all over it. Well, it's certainly building up towards that, isn't it? I mean, we saw Roman drop the United States title on, I think it was Raw um, a few weeks ago. And um, normally when that type of um, situation unfolds, when um, champion drops a belt, when they're about to contest for another belt, um, it's because they're about to win the other belt. So that other belt in this instance is the universal championship. 
and um, Roman Reigns becoming the new Universal Champion certainly opens the door towards one of the big, big names that are taking part in the Rumble, um, making a great match stylistically, size-wise, marketing-wise, with Roman Reigns as a champion. Um, I I think that um, Owens has been a very good champion. I don't think his title reign has been exceptional. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan, have been for many years, but um, I don't think it's been... You know, an overwhelming success of a title reign. I think he's carried himself as a champion very well. But, um, well, I've got to say more. Uh, sorry to put in there. I've got to say, I, I don't think they've really given him an awful lot to work against, you know, in storyline wise. You know, in terms of opponents, he's not really had an awful lot to work with, you know, to, to really build a meaningful, you know, program and feud with because we've been interested more in this you know his his allegiance with chris uh, with chris jericho um and i think it might be i i do i do suspect that the wwe don't have a great deal of faith in them and don't believe in him actually carrying the title from the rumble to the to mania to you know for for that i think they, they see that uh, portion of time as significant i think he's just kind of you know an interim champion is, is how they see him but I don't, I really don't think that he's had, you know, an awful lot to work with. I mean, am I am I defending KO too much here? No, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, he has. I mean, he did have that program with Seth Rollins, and um, you know, it, it was okay. Um, I mean, in a way, it's still continuing, obviously. Um, with you know Jericho, Owens, Rollins, and uh, Reigns all kind of um, interchangeably going at it from week to week on Raw, but um, you know that as a feud certainly didn't live up to expectations because you know Rollins as a babyface just hasn't worked, and um, I think they really need to look at whether that's something that they can make work, and if they can't, then They'll have to look at um, perhaps turning him back to the dark side. But um, that, that's certainly going off at a tangent. But coming back to Owens, I mean, you're quite right. I mean, it's it, he's not had you know the perfect dance partner to really have that classic feud with to make that title reign a memorable one. Um, and, you know, being part of that comedy act on Raw, entertaining as it is um, has perhaps detracted from that title reign in a way and um, it's always been that kind of emphasis on that sorry Mark he's basically just played the chicken shit heel hasn't he in terms of you know the the different you know categories of heels so to speak he has played that that type of of heel really you know really really played up to it I mean obviously as a heel it's an old school thing to do but it's almost they've not really sort of let let him go along that sort of, you know, that vindictive, nasty heel that he plays so, so well that we saw in NXT, you know, like on, on Sami Zayn, you know, what really got him heat with the crowd? That That's the kind of Kevin Owens I'd like to see more of. That's right. And even if you remember back to when he um, first debuted on the main roster um, and started feuding immediately with 
John Cena. Um, you know, we saw the more non, no nonsense side of him, and uh, you know, that worked tremendously well. Um, but no, he he's just not really had that right opponent. I mean, Rollins hasn't been a great face, and the fans just refuse to accept Roman Reigns as a face. So um, he has kind of suffered to an extent in that regard. Uh, but it's quite clear where they're heading with Kevin Owens as well. Um, you know, they've been teasing that whole dissension between he and Jericho and you know, everything in the world suggests that it will be Owens and Jericho at WrestleMania. And you know that split might come at the Rumble. It might come at um, you know, Fastlane in um, early March. But um, you know, whenever it does happen, um, it's almost certain to happen before WrestleMania leading up to a match between those two. And for that reason, um, you know, and also the other reason I mentioned earlier about the favourites for the Rumble making better opponents for Roman Reigns, uh, that's why I think Reigns will uh, win the title. But I've got to say, in closing on, on that match, um, I do expect it to be a superb match. I mean, these two guys that on these bigger shows, these larger events, um, they almost always deliver, and um, you know I think they'll really want to put on a great, great match. So um, you know th- this could well be the match of the night. I think that is a very fair point, uh, and I mean, if we are to go into that summarization that that Roman Reigns wins the title, as as we we kind of both expect to happen, I suppose the next thing is um, you know what will be next then? Who who's his opponent at Mania? Because um, I'm going to ask you then, more. You know, we're moving on to the Rumble then. The, the you know the big main event itself. Five predictions for you from the Rumble. You know, five things that you would expect to see at this uh, Royal Rumble. Well, in terms of five things I would expect to see from this Rumble match, um, one is surprises. You know, there are always surprise entrants in the Rumble, and I don't think um, this year will be any different. I think we'll probably see at least two possibly even three or four surprise entrants. Um, Kurt Angle is certainly one that I'd be um, not at all surprised about seeing. Obviously, he's been, anou- he's been announced as um, the uh, headline act when it comes to the WWE Hall of Fame for 2017, which will take place over WrestleMania weekend. Um, but I do feel that we'll see him at least once in the ring before that ceremony. Um, and what better stage than the Royal Rumble? Um, I think the other thing that I'm expecting, number two, is another ingenious way of Kofi Kingston to avoid being eliminated. Um, it's almost an annual tradition. So um, I'm sure he's working on that as we speak and uh, trying to come up with a clever idea for this weekend. Um, number three, I think there will be potentially a, a record-setting or record-equaling elimination. And James Ellsworth is um, the person I predict um, to be the recipient of that. Um, number four, um, I, I suspect Brock Lesnar will throw one or two suplexes, um, including individuals that will go almost from one corner of the ring to the other. And number five, um, the big show and Braun Strowman will be squaring off 
in a mass of humanity um, in the ring. And um, that was a sight to behold on this past week's Raw. And um, they didn't really go to blows, but uh, there was certainly that tease. So I think that they will certainly come to blows at some point during that match. Uh, Have you got five, Andy? Yeah, here's one for you. Ty Dillinger to be entrant number 10. <laughs> Just for oh, the, I, th- I think there'll be a smart crowd there. Lots of people coming over. You know, it's a big event. Lots of people travel. Uh, you know, diehard fans, you know, pr- you know, real hardcore wrestling fans. They'll be there for the NXT event. They know all about Dillinger. They're into the 10 count. I think it'll be a really smart move for uh, for WWE to put him in as number 10. He could get a great ovation. And it's just that kind of, you know, maybe that, that casual crowd gets to see him for the first time, a little glimpse to the future. So I, I quite fancy uh, us to see that. Um, another another one for me, uh, Undertaker to eliminate Braun Strowman. I think we might just see that one. All right. Um, I think... Brock Lesnar will be either number one or number two entrant. I think he's going to be in there from the beginning. Uh, And I do think that we are going to see, at some point, we are going to see a new day face-off where the three of them are are just just the three of them together in the ring somehow. That's going to be facilitated. Yeah, I like it. Very good. Mm. Yeah, that would be a a really interesting moment in that match. Be an interesting spot, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I, I had other things. I, I do, I know that they're not all in the Rumble, but I do think at some point through the night during that pay per view, I think we're going to see some kind of a Shield reunion. I think there's some kind of a spot there. Something will happen. They're all baby faces at the moment. They're all aligned. I think we're going to get something, and I, that, that's just me. That's cool, um, yeah. Yeah, and um, in terms of a surprise entrant, I do think, as you alluded to earlier, I do think we'll see some more Joe, uh, and not before time. So, mm. oh yeah, um, you know it's a well-deserved call-up. Um, it has to happen. It'd be almost foolish for him not to come up. He was really good all year in 2016 on NXT and carried the NXT title fantastically well. Had some great matches as a heel, as a proper bona fide heel. Um, it's a very good character, you know, no nonsense, not all, you know, he's not about the comedy or any of that. So it makes a refreshing change from a lot of the acts who, a lot of the kind of cool heels who, you know, try to be one half comedy and um, one half serious, and that doesn't always work um, to get over as a proper heel. Um, and, uh, you know, the Royal Rumble is that perfect stage for him to debut, just like um, his good friend AJ Styles did a year earlier. So uh, I'd like to see that and um, you know, certainly move over into SmackDown where um, you know, he could really uh, do some great business with uh, the likes of John Cena, potentially AJ Styles and others. So uh, that's certainly something to look forward to and hope it happens. Yeah, I, I I do think that SmackDown desperately needs someone like Joe. Uh, he can go in as a babyface as well. You know the the you know the badass babyface. He can do that role, but he as as like you said, you know, as the bona fide, really bad to the bone heel brutality. He's so so good at it. You know, he he has the promos to back it up if they can allow him 
to manipulate his character in the way he did at NXT, you know, that there is, there's, there's another star there for the SmackDown brand and, and, and a kind of star that they, they really, really do need in my view. Um, it'll certainly make for an interesting uh, rumble. You know, the, the, they've announced something like 22 names that are officially in it. So a few spots being left open uh, deliberately, I, I guess, you know, we, we might, do you think we'll see anyone, you know, some blast from the past, you know, maybe he's like a Rob Van Dam, something like that turn up. Yeah. I don't see why not. As you say, um, there's eight spots to fill. Um, I just certainly suspect Samoa Joe will be one of those eight. And yeah, they've easily got scope to have three or four surprise entrants. Um, Van Dam might be uh, one of those. Um, you know, the, Shelton Benjamin could be another if, if he's back from injury. Um, he was supposed to be uh, uh, returning to SmackDown um, when the brand split occurred, but then uh, he went down with an injury, unfortunately. I think it might have been a knee injury. Um, was wrestling in Japan at the time. Um, and, um, you know, they, they might be even go back as far as the 80s and have um, a really old, you know, kind of act from back then. I don't know, Honky Tonk Man or someone, um, just for old time's sake, for a little pop, um, come out and do a little 30 second cameo and then get eliminated and pick up his paycheck. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's the beauty of the Rumble, isn't it? It's um, you know, one of those matches where anything can happen, anyone can turn up. And um, you know, as I talked about on the Nostalgia Pod, um, you know, there is that power of the Rumble to you know make or break stars. And uh, I really do feel that you know Braun Strowman, despite not being um, a great worker or anything like that, um, certainly is. Um, a character that you know they can certainly turn into something and um you know if they want to give the undertaker um a monster opponent then uh you know, braun Strowman just might be the one that vince is thinking of and if that's going to happen then he might decide to put him over as a super monster in this rumble match and uh, you never know 13 14 15 eliminations at the hand of hands of braun Strowman certainly not beyond the realms of possibility. And um, if that were to happen, then uh, he'd get over huge. So, uh, you know, that he's certainly somebody to keep an eye on in that match. But um, that that's one of the great things about this match, isn't it? That there's all sorts of things that can happen. There's all sorts of um, um, angles and storylines that can come out of just that one single match. So, uh, you know, it's um, bound to set one or two things up, if not more, um, for the WrestleMania three months down the line. Yeah, I think the, the Braun Strowman one, because of the nature of the Rumble and they can have regular rests, you know, and just kind of move over into a corner and, and keep themselves out the way to, you know, to catch a breath if they need to. It's not like working a regular match for, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes even. I think you you can start with Lesnar. You can get Braun Strowman in very early. I, I would expect him to be in sort of three, four, five at the latest. I, I think they'll want him in early so he can make a lot of eliminations, like you say, to really have an impact. And I do fancy seeing, I do fancy we'll see a, a Strowman Lesnar face off at some point as well. I think that's another one. I just think they want to get. Strowman face to face in the ring with some of these big stars 
you know, and it's kind of that, you know, the whole perception is reality. You know, people see Strowman, you know, you know, eyeball to eyeball with Lesnar, with The Undertaker. I, I think that that's a powerful message. And, and I think that is part of setting up, like you say, you know, setting set, setting a WrestleMania moment up for him because clearly Vince has plans for him. And, and, and I do think they're building him well at the moment. Uh, do you think do you think that's a possibility? Um, yes, I certainly think so. You know, Vince Vince likes his big guys. We we know that. I've talked about Vince's size fetish in the past, haven't I? And um, you know, it's um, the the way that he's been booked in recent months. Um, I, I think he's been booked for something um, important for WrestleMania. So um, you know, that that's why. Um, you know, he's had that kind of face off this past week on Raw with um, the big show. And uh, now clearly the big show is going to be going on to WrestleMania to face someone else. It, almost certainly Shaquille O'Neal. Um, we all, well, a lot of us know about that, but um, you know, certainly with Strowman um, and The Undertaker, you know, that certainly make a good pairing. So what what about uh, with Goldberg in there? You know, Goldberg, Lesnar, it's the big build to them too. Do you see either of these two winning it? Or do you think the fact that they're in there and the build is around these two, that this is, you know, almost a way of, of continuing the feud? You know, we're going to get them together, they're going to fight, but it's a good way to get them both out, you know, uh, yet neither of them look weakened by the fact that they've been eliminated because they can almost be eliminated together. And then again, that sets things up ready for WrestleMania. You know, do you, do you see either of these two winning it or do you think they are, they will keep them, keep them aside so they can have another match one-on-one at Mania? Well, I think that um, the teases that were kind of put out there in the last couple of months about, um, Roman Reigns and Goldberg um, would kind of suggest to me that their intention is to have Reigns win the Universal Championship and then I think he'll actually be facing Goldberg and defending the title against him and I think that will possibly happen at Fastlane in early March but Goldberg will then go on to face Brock at WrestleMania in a singles match to defend the title or as part of a three-way involving those two and Roman Reigns. So I, I can see there being that kind of dynamic between at least Goldberg and Lesnar leading into WrestleMania or the three of those individuals. Um, you know, the teases and things like that in recent weeks and months suggest that you know these individuals will be mixing it up in the coming weeks leading up to WrestleMania. I just... I'm not sure exactly how that will figure out, but um, yeah, I, I certainly see Brock and Goldberg involved in a match beyond the Rumble because, you know, don't forget it's Brock who's now two and zero down to Goldberg. So, you know, he's got to get not necessarily three wins to avenge those two, but um, perhaps have the biggest of the three uh, matches go his way. And what bigger match than, uh, you know, having Goldberg at WrestleMania and defeating him and for the WWE Universal Championship. So um, that that might be the, you know, 
direction that they look to go in. But uh, there's plenty of time between Rumble and WrestleMania for all sorts of things to uh, eventually lead to uh, Goldberg and Lesnar at WrestleMania in some form, whether it's as a singles match or a three-way. Yeah, I, I, I can see a triple threat match with them at Mania, you know, as a way to get another match and a longer match out of them without the crowd really going on them. Um, <clears throat> for some reason, I, I just, I, I just feel that they want them two together at Mania as the big attraction. Uh, and the rumble is kind of a way to facilitate that, which means neither will win it. And, and I wonder whether we might see, you know, a slight surprise win the rumble and actually go after AJ Styles or John Cena. I, I, I don't know. It, maybe that's the beauty of this year's rumble. In it's, it's kind of a tough call because you could, you could, pick out the nostalgia one you could almost see them going for the undertaker to win it to then you know fight for the title and maybe go out winning the title at at wrestlemania but you could equally you could see someone coming in and and that surprise or somebody else it's i I think it's quite uh, quite a difficult rumble to call this year whereas i think in in previous years we've we've had a pretty good idea who's going to win the rumble before it's even started well, absolutely, that's right, and um, that's one of the great things about it this year is that there's any number of different winners, isn't there? Um, you know, you can certainly make the case for you know seven or eight of the individuals, really. And um, as you say, in the past, it was only really one or two that you could have realistically pointed at and said, "This is the likely winner of this year's Rumble." So. Um, you know, that's what makes it even more exciting. Albeit, the only downside is, is that four of those favourites are, well, certainly three are part-timers within the company. Um, you know, don't discount Triple H either. I mean, you know, he's not been around, but um, you know, we all know that Seth Rollins wants him and um, you know, they'll be almost certainly squaring off at WrestleMania. And you know, there's always that possibility that it might be Know, Seth winning the title and defending it against Triple H or it could be Triple H as a surprise entrant in the Rumble, winning it um, facing Roman Reigns perhaps, sorry I'm, I'm getting mixed up now <laughs> um, sorry uh, Rollins won't necessarily won't be winning the, the title out of the Rumble match but um, you know, as I say there's long time between the Rumble and Wrestlemania and, you know, the way that the whole storyline can pan out, Triple H or Rollins can beat um, whoever the winner is um, coming out of Owens against um, Reigns and um, still face one or the other um, of you know, Triple H and Rollins at, in a singles match. And that could be the title match at WrestleMania. So um, that's a possibility as well. Yeah, but, all, uh, yeah. All, all different permutations, isn't there? But mm. more if if I was to ask you for one name, then if you just just one name, you said, go ahead, that that pick my pick your winner, one name. I have to go with Goldberg. Well, you know what I'm going to do. <clears throat> I'm going to go completely left field. I'll uh, 2008 was it, and I'm going to say AJ Styles retains the WWE Championship, but. A surprise entrant into the Royal Rumble is John Cena, who wins it, and then they fight a mania. 
<laughs> Another good one. Very good. Hey. Um, why not? Yeah, that's possible. Um, and don't discount somebody that we haven't talked about for a while. Um, Finn Balor. You know, he was the universal champion um, a few months ago before he suffered an unfortunate injury. Um, you know, we've seen him on TV um, on the WWE UK Championship Tournament. He was looking, you know, in, in very good condition and uh, looked fit as, fit as a fiddle. And, uh, you know, it might just be that he's returned ahead of schedule, in which case, you know, he might be a surprise entrant. And, um, you know, it's a match that's full of big guys, but, you know, he might be that small little guy that, you know, defeats all the odds and uh, survives um, from, you know, the other 29 and uh, he manages victorious. And then it's he who then perhaps goes against Roman Reigns at um, WrestleMania. So, uh, you know, that's another person we can't completely discount. So that's again, is part of the beauty of this event. You know, there's just so many individuals that potentially can win it and, uh, you know, have, have a, a big, big match at WrestleMania. So uh, lots to look forward to. Um, arguably the most unpredictable Royal Rumble in history, you know, and that, that's what we like, isn't it? You know, that's what we all like to watch WWE big events for is, um, you know, to be surprised and to expect the unexpected. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a great weekend in the film battle one. That's it. That is another good shout. So it, it could be a, it could be a hell of a weekend, Mo. It really could. I think we should, we should be in for a good night, Saturday, good, uh, so, you know, potentially a couple of really good matches, you know, a good event. And then Sunday night could be uh, an absolute corker and something to really uh, look forward to and, and set the scene for the next few months. Indeed. Oh, yeah. It's um, you know, going to be a really exciting event. I'm sure of it. As I said earlier, it's almost certainly going to be a, an exceptional show and uh, really set the stage for, I think, what will be a, a very exciting few months um, leading into WrestleMania. Yep. Well, we're just about out of time for tonight. Uh, we will be back next week to uh, we'll discuss the fallout from the Rumble and uh, talk through what happened and and just what it all means. But before we go, more is uh, is there anything you'd like to plug to the listeners? So um, my other uh, pod on Anfield Index is MMA Monthly. Um, I'm really gutted actually because um, Dave Hendrick, my co-host, and I. Um, recording an epic um, MMA monthly for this month of January. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the file was corrupted, which is a real shame um, because it was, um, I thought, a really good pod. Really enjoyed doing that with Dave Hendrick. Um, so we're going to have to miss uh, January now. Uh, we lost the file. Um, but we will be back in February. There'll be a lot to talk about. Um, some big UFC shows coming up. And... Um, you know, we all sent me back with uh, MMA Monthly next month. So that's what I'm up to. How about you, Andy? I've got a new uh, Reds review uh, to be recorded next week. Going to look back at all of Liverpool's action from January, which could be quite painful. Oh, um, that's going to be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Very depressing. <laughs> I also promised to um, to get the old typewriter out and, and write on get right in on the wrestling scene again i i have been remiss on that uh on that score and i i do apologize but i think after the rumble i'll uh 
I'll have a few things to write about and we'll we'll get back into things on that. But uh, yeah, next week more we, we we shall be back, won't we, to uh, to go over all things Royal Rumble and just what we think uh, this will mean going forward for for Mania. Oh, indeed, yeah. Um, really looking forward to this weekend. A couple of uh, uh, very interesting shows. Rumble should be excellent. Um, NXT's takeover will have its moments for sure. Um, and as you say, uh, there'll be plenty of fallout, um, which we'll obviously um, learn more about, you know, in next week's Raw and SmackDown shows. So looking forward to recapping all of that with you next week, Andy. Indeed, indeed. Well, that wraps up, uh, wraps up this uh, Royal Rumble preview uh, edition of the Pro Wrestling, uh, Pro Wrestling Index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, don't forget, you can keep in touch with the show on Twitter uh, at PW underscore index and watch out for uh, written articles. Like I say, they will appear sometime soon. I promise to get uh, to get writing again. And they, when when they are out, you'll see them under the sports section of the Anfield Index website. Uh, as always, I want to thank More Chatter for joining me, and we want to thank all of you for listening and hitting that download button. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.